That's stupid. <laughs> I don't think Dave likes us today. <laughs> no, I think it's just you. <coughs> I will not go to New York for your birthday. Um, and you, you think he's being stupid. And you're stupid. And you're stupid. <laughs> Feels good. I'll go to New York for your birthday. That sounds fun. Is Every... your birthday in September? No. Oh. November. November. Damn, he really fucking hates me. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. He hates me. He, <laughs> he really, really hates me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Morning. Welcome to Don't Be the Artist. My name is Hagen. My name is Dave. My name is Adam. <laughs> I'm Jackson. I don't know who did my... it. Oh, my yeah. name is Jackson. Yeah. My name is Earl. How is that show? It's good. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while. Oh, I thought you were like rewatching it. I yeah. was, but that's how my life works. I rewatch something for a week and then I stop. Oh, so I... you're not really rewatching it then? No, you just started doing. <laughs> you, you just put. A, you just decided to watch a couple episodes. Yeah. Right now, I'm rewatching uh, Lego Star Wars. Ooh, is yeah. that a series? It's a game. Oh, it's very good, right? Yeah, it's very. Isn't good. there a new one? It's right? very good unless you play with the person I'm playing with, who yeah. won't let you move forward <laughs> unless we destroy everything. I'm you like, get all the Jesus Christ or whatever. We've played it for five hours at this point, and we're maybe one percent of the way through the game. We are. We have gotten to the point in A New Hope, that is the only one we've started where we've gotten to the part where we meet Han Solo, and it's just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is taking so long. So. <laughs> I used to play Lego Racers a lot. That was fun. That was a good game. That yeah. was a great game. I mean, most of the Lego games are good, but yeah, this Lego much, Star Wars yeah. game is supposedly like fucking amazing. Yeah, because yeah, it's like a new version, <laughs> combines them all. Yeah, right? combines yeah. them all, and had, like the attention to detail is crazy, and like apparently it's hilarious. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I am having fun. Uh, she's just more detailed than I am, so I don't know. <laughs> Adam, what are you rewatching? Uh, <laughs> Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is airing again, so yeah, that that's a good answer. You restart that show every time there's I, a new I season, did right? Re- yeah, I did rewatch seasons three and four before this final season, or four and five before okay. this is six, I guess. That makes sense. So we I split did... it in half, basically. My wife and I just did that with Stranger Things. Rewatched the whole thing. I wish I cared more about watching Stranger Things. I, I watched the first season and I thought it was great, and I never got into two, and I never watched three at all. I'm rewatching the Staircase documentary because they just put the Staircase TV show up on HBO Max. Uh, so I'm I'm comparing the the two. Staircase documentary. <laughs> yeah, he told us about this. I don't remember the context of him telling about the telling us this, but Hagen told us like, oh, if you're interested in true crime or anything like that, or you want to get your feet wet, like go watch this. And I was like, sure. I'll go watch it. I really don't like true crime at <laughs> all. Me neither. I hate true crime. It's a really it's a it's 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 a it's a decent like intro to true crime documentaries. I started watching it and I like glazed over in thirty minutes. I was like, I have to turn this off. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's so it like it, it, the story is a guy uh, a, a a woman is is found dead at the bottom of her stairs, and the the story is did the guy push her down the stairs or did she fall or was it an owl? Was it an owl? Uh, so that's the story. <laughs> Um, but, th- but that was a documentary kind of thing first, right? It was a, it was a documentary. Okay. So it's this French documentary crew. It's a really long documentary. And then, say, then they did it was like nine episodes. Well, then they did part two, uh, like in 2012, like 10 years after the fact, as like an uh, update because he got out from the Alfred plea. Um, so 
basically uh their hbo max did like a, a, a dramatization series with colin firth playing michael peterson the guy who supposedly maybe hypothetically killed his wife if he did it if he did it mm-hmm. if he did it yeah i don't like true crime it makes me upset me too it makes me anxious <laughs> it's like 90 percent of netflix now yeah no it is and hulu it's just like or maybe that's just the person I live with who is on both accounts. And it's just like anime <laughs> and true crime. I'm like, Man. Hulu does have a lot of anime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so does Crunchyroll. Well, it's a, that, that's wow. The entire thing. <laughs> that's shocking, honestly. Uh, the, the, the thing with Netflix, yes, there's a lot of true crime ones, but a lot of them are fucking dog shit. But oh, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely look like they're all like, Oh, this is a thing that we could make into a thing for twenty million dollars. I'm very excited for this week's that's coming out though. It's called like My Father, I think is what it's called, and it's this fucking guy who worked at like a sperm clinic, who actually was like putting his like his sperm in. Oh, that's fucked. And so like people in this small town were realizing they're all fucking related. <laughs> that's really <laughs> fucked. Isn't that crazy? That sounds like the basis of like a Jason Bateman comedy. Yeah. It really does. That is fucking hilarious. That is. It is wild. I am I, like. I watched the trailer and I was like, "This can't be real. There's no way." But yeah, it's real. That's yeah. I just like. I don't. What I don't get. There's a lot of people I know in my life who will not interact with any type of drama series or anything Scary like that. Scary movies. Well, it's not even the scary movies, but like, yeah, same people. Uh, I'll say like, hey, let's watch this, you know, like, you know, not a thriller, but like something that kind of dives into the human psyche, something like that. Like just some A24 movie or some shit like that. Uh, And not that I'm highbrow or anything, but like, I'll say like, oh, let's watch this. I'll explain the plot. And they're like, no, that sounds really like emotionally exhausting. I'm like, you fucking listen to the most like, and it's real shit what you're listening to. The most fucking gruesome stuff I've ever heard and I'm just sitting there like, God, his mom did that to him? And you can't even watch somebody, like, a fake couple break up? And you can't watch a marriage story with me? I was going to say, it's like people who watched Uncut Gems and thought it was very stressful, and then they go watch one of these true crime things. Oh, and it's like, how Uncut Gems is, is stressful. Well, it is. It is. Well, yeah, my I, wife and I turned it off. I watched it. But and, it's it's very stressful, and I feel like that, you know, true life st- or true crime stuff is very, like, stressful to watch, too, because you're like, what the fuck is wrong with H- people? H- like, fucking Hagen falls asleep to it. Yeah, Ugh. but the the, 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 dif- the difference is... And, Just watch is, Lord of the Rings, dude. Watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fall asleep to that. The difference is, is that, like, when, like, I'm watching, like, a movie or something, like, it's, like, characters I'm getting invested in. If it's true crime, I'm, like, I'm, I don't have... Especially if it's, like, a real-life criminal, I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, you the just story but is fascinating. Also, you don't care about the victims, either. No, you, I do care about the victims but no, that's no, no, no. But... wait 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 you said you don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck about the, cr- the people who did the crimes okay but you're not invested in the victims I, I i'm invested but like that's not that's never the way the stories are told he, he's more invested in them if they're played by adam sandler yeah i'm reading if, a book about this right now actually if all of if all of the fu- if, if, if there was a fucking like true crime movie made where it was like the w- thing where like one actor plays all the characters but all the victims I, were I played by that. adam sandler yeah. i think people would watch that huh. jesus <laughs> You're, are you reading a book about people who are more interested in killers than than victims no i'm reading a book that is about like it is it, it's a fiction book it is not about real uh I'm, you both looked at your phones as yeah if, like seriously and you have the up. same backgrounds oh god y'all are some generic ass oh, fucks no. those are different because anytime someone mentions book around not book people you go like fuck you i need my phone <laughs> spoken like a not book person I, hate, I don't understand why people read books i don't okay. get it 
I don't get it. We have TVs. We have audiobooks. Do you want to go to New York with me? No. I already said no. Especially because you're going to be like, we're going to go to a bookstore. Go to a bookstore? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to go have pizza. fun. We're going to go eat $1 pizza and read books. This is really funny. I'm not going to look at him when I say this. Just keep eye contact with me. <clears throat> I told my partner, one of my dreams is if Radiohead ever tours again, and I'm not confident that they will. If they ever, you don't have to do that. You don't have to like stare, stare. Um, oh, God damn it. He's putting on the emoji glasses. The two phased to be, the return. two glazed to be phased. Okay. Um, so. He's looking at Adam now. I told my partner that one of my dreams, God, now they're looking at each other. Ah! This is great, great podcast. One yeah. of my dreams is if Radiohead ever tours again. Um, please take the glasses off. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. One of my dreams is if Radiohead ever tours again, now that I can financially afford this, like they typically only play in specific markets. They don't do a full U.S. tour. They'll play in like uh, Chicago, Boston, New York City. And I was like, one of my dreams is if they do that, I'm going to fly out and see them at a Madison, Madison Square Garden uh, show. And I was like, and I think what I'll do, because the only other person I know who would really enjoy this is Dave. And I was like, I think I'll pay for him to come with me too. I'm not doing that anymore. I'll go to New York with you. I'll go to New York with you. I'll read books. I promise I'll get better. Genuinely, I told her that. I was like, I was like, I think I'm going to do this. It's one of my dreams. She said, that's a great idea. You and Dave should do that. I would love to do that. No, it's okay, man. But you, you don't have to lie you to me. You have to do the I other would. things. Hey, you got to read a book. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, so there's no music news, really. The letters are so small. <laughs> what letters are so small? In books. Oh, they don't have to be. I don't want to read 300 pages. You could just get like you could just read it on your iPad and make it bigger. But then you make it like a thousand pages. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't get it. I like books. Yep. I no, I totally. I'm being. I'm joking. I understand why people do it. I just. I'm either not good at it, like I haven't put the time in to get good at it. I think that's it. Yeah. I think, I, and it's the same reason I think people don't like museums. Is it's a it's a muscle. Yeah. Uh, you have to flex it or not flex it. You have to work out, and like when you work out, you get sore, and that sucks, and that deters people. Whereas like. You, not that people don't have the attention span, because I don't believe that. Um, but uh, they, it's it takes. We're so used to being able to see things and like, okay, you know, being able to. You don't have to work that imagination muscle as much as you have to. Uh, but if you read, and this was one of my pandemic goals when we were in lockdown, was to be able to cook and then also to be able to read, like actually read. And I noticed the first book I read, of course it was Dune, which was a bad idea. But I finished it. <laughs> and then the it. second book was Infinite Jest. Yeah. <laughs> but then like I sat down and I like the second book I noticed I was flying past it more. I wasn't having to reread pages. And it's just something it's a muscle. It's the same thing with playing guitar. Like if you keep playing or any instrument, if you keep playing, you're gonna like be able to it's not that hard. Dude, yeah, yeah. No. Well, I got good. I got good at reading in my undergrad because I minored in philosophy. And dude, if you ever want to work on reading, it's like don't start with a philosophy book because nope. one page will be in a sentence. <laughs> yep. What you got, Hagen? Oh, I, well, I mean about reading, or I don't know. Do you read? <laughs> Do you read? Uh, yeah. Um, I uh, whenever I was a kid, I tested for dyslexia, and I was like literally right above dyslexia. So. <laughs> Uh, I, um, Oh, you think you're above dyslexia, huh? <laughs> so I, uh, so I, uh, don't experience the muscle growth thing with reading as much as I try to, cause I tried multiple times in my life cause I just can't, it just doesn't work. Okay. And of course, like, yeah, there was some blind spots in what I just said, but yeah. Well, there's the aspect too. It has to be something you want to 
want to yeah read you want too. to read yeah because like there's stuff that i want to read and yeah. i start to read it and then i like i i'll read a chapter in the span of like 30 minutes where someone would read it much much faster and i'm like trying to take everything in and yeah i mean it's you know no, that's how i am i'm still a pretty slow reader and that's just I, how I, am. I have a student that's like i read a harry potter book today and I'm like, today? Like, yeah, the whole right? thing? And they're I've like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. Was that at bragging camp that you fucking did that, you little shit? <laughs> yeah. In between my jobs, I read a book in a week. And, like, it wasn't like a, oh, you know, I just kind of picked it up and read it. Like, one, like two of those days, I sat and just read. And I was like, I want to finish a book in a short amount of time. I can see that being very relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think they've done, like, studies that, like, reading nonfiction helps you, like, it helps people be more empathetic. Because uh, you have to put yourself in the character's shoes more? Yeah, I think that's it. You mean fiction? Non-fiction. Yeah, sorry, fiction, you're right. Oh, My okay. bad. I was gonna say, yeah, non-fiction, I don't think, would probably help with that. that reading, much. Reading, I, reading non-fiction would be to the point of why people can can like uh, like take in true crime content and not feel anything because it's easier than taking in a character that you have to relate right, to. Right, you're not going to get invested in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not really much uh, music news. In fact, I would say there's nothing. There's a few people who have released music, uh, Black Midi, um, Kendrick Lamar, that kind of stuff. The music video Kendrick is so Lamar cool. Comes for out Friday, what? right? Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Comes out this yeah. Friday. The music video for the new Kendrick Lamar song is wild. He's been putting a ton of stuff up lately, and so I didn't know it was new music. So I was just like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm done watching all these like clips you should just an album you should just watch the the the, the music video he he like i, I guess he, i guess he deep fakes i guess would be what he does but yeah. like he he deep fakes oj's face on him um uh Jesse will smith Smollett. yeah jesse's yeah um who's the other one uh one more one more person but yeah he deep fakes all their faces on his it's it's really kind of incredible yeah other than that i mean like do y'all know of any music news that's happened no yeah no nothing yeah 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 Good yeah. for us. No, yeah. no, nothing. That's correct. Kia, uh, the car company, made an <laughs> instrument. <laughs> Sorry, what? I know. I was I was shocked by wow. it, too. Scrape at the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah, they made an instrument, and it uh, like you can just download it on your computer. It's just like an app, and uh, yeah, it's not that good. I was going to say, is this part of some weird marketing campaign? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Is it like a synth? It is. It's oh, a okay. synth that's supposed to be incorporating, um, like, the sounds of the natural world. So you can put, like, wind noises incorporated into your uh, synth. Like, so you'll hit a note, and there's, like, synth, like it sounds like wind, or it'll sound like the forest, like, chirping, stuff like that. It's just like, yeah. Fuck. I... <laughs> <laughs> and there's another patch that's just car sounds. <laughs> Middle C is... <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think if you do like a patch of car sounds, you also have to have a section like one octave that's just like people yelling on the road. <laughs> Get out of my way! I'm walking in. Are you fucking serious? Hey, <laughs> you really drive a Kia? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen the new Kia logo? Oh, Dude. it's it's impossible. Yeah, it it's looks not, like it's not uh, anything you can read. I it, haven't seen it. Well, but, like, what here, are we talking about? I, no, I'm pulling it up. Okay, it, music, it looks, music news. Music news. They produce music stuff now. It looks like. The Nine Inch Nails logo. Yeah, it does. Oh, it exactly. absolutely yeah. does. Every time or, I see or, it, I'm like, Nin. Or like Tool Font. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's definitely trying way too hard. 
they claim that it's a like it's a waveform. And I was like, no, it's not. That's nine inch nails. Is, I was gonna say, have they ever seen a fucking waveform? Is music supposed to be part of their like company DNA now? I don't for some reason, know. I got I got an ad for Kia on YouTube recently. That was a bunch of Kias like driving up a mountain, and then they stopped in front of a goat, and then like the the camera panned to the goat's face, and then it didn't. The cars just kept going. So did the goat I, did the Wilhelm scream? No, no. You're you're just you're just like what happened? <laughs> you're just like what happened to the goat? Like the the cars were going. There was a goat, and the cars were going again. Like did they did they just hit the goat? Like Kia, you can run over a goat. No, like, no, no Kia I, would survive that. I guess their ad stuff is working because we're talking about it. Yeah, I guess and so. every all of our like listeners are going to get ads bullshit. for Kia now because <laughs> we said Kia like forty times in the last. Oh two yeah, minutes. all the ads in Spotify now. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anybody listening in Spotify? Yeah, uh, what I have been last week i don't know why i did this but uh, you know like some uh i guess comfort music is what it was is i was like you know i just want to listen to something i know i don't want to listen to new music and i was uh i put on uh mgmt's oracular spectacular which is their first album with uh um fuck electric feel i almost said feel good ink um, <laughs> electric feel time to prevent time to pretend and kids, you know, they're massive songs, the big ones that made them huge. And then I got in that headspace of, uh, you know, and that's what brings us to what we're talking about today is uh, kind of bands that have like dis or bands, artists, whoever, who have like disowned songs or albums, that kind of stuff. And I don't know if we're what this is going to really, you know, be shaped to. But what made me think about that is. MGMT is this example that I've always known. There's two prominent examples I know, uh, MGMT being one of them. They put out that album, and their whole point, why they called themselves management, was they were trying to sell out, and they're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny? Like It was like a college art product project is what they were doing. And then it got massive, and they got a massive like four-record deal. Um, I forget which uh, music group it was with, but it was one of like the big ones. And... Um, that album went out and I don't know if you guys remember when that album was out, but like that was like the summer album that year. Say that was pretty much everywhere. Is it is that the band that has the music video with all the really cool t shirt animations and yes. stuff? Yeah. yeah. And like to this day, like I still because it came out when I was I don't know if that was early high school or something like that, but like in my mind I didn't understand that like they were trying to, you know, it was an art project and they were trying to sell out and that kind of thing. Uh, but I was like, Man, this this music fucking great. This is summer music. This is like college music, that kind of shit. Um, and I also associate uh, Vampire Weekend, their first two albums, as college music, summer college music. Really, really dumb. I don't know how you describe that, but for me, it was the Fleet Foxes record. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Which um, one? The I think it's just called Fleet Foxes. The first one. It's like White Winter Hymnal on it. And yeah, like that. that's it's a great the record. first one. Second one is Helplessness Blues. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they basically, MGMT put this album out, got massive, and they're like, oh, fuck. Uh, we don't want to write music like this. This was not what we intended to do. So if you know anything about MGMT, they put out a next album, and it was completely different, almost like they were trying to uh, write something people wouldn't like. But they didn't say that. It was called Congratulations, and I think it's a really solid record. And... But it really pushed people away because it was kind of this, like, they had, like, a nine-minute long song on there. It wasn't, there weren't any hits. Obviously, there were no hits on it. And then they put out their self-titled album, uh, their third album, which was, like, 
they definitely were intending to write bad music. And basically, at that point, there are still some really good songs on that record. But at that point, they had started to say, oh, yeah, no, we're doing this on purpose. We are writing whatever we want. We sit in a room. We have a bunch of synthesizers, and we just, like, untangle a knot. And, like, we don't really care. (laughs) They're like, we don't really care uh, about writing hits. We're just writing what we want. And at some point, like, I'm like, cool. But also yeah you guys are not going to keep fans that way and they didn't they like a lot of people were just like oh yeah they just don't write good shit anymore but then but i mean that sounds like they don't give a shit about about keeping fans until we get to their most recent album little dark age which was their last album on this contract and it's very aerial pink is what it sounds like very much like it's supposed to be this bedroom indie uh it's much more like their first album and it has hits on it really good songs on it really like uh, most people could get really into it so i don't know what happened between those albums i think they did some interviews that basically said like hey we are um you know yeah we went through our angsty phase but you know we're open to writing good songs now well yeah i mean i i think that's, that kind of sounds like so okay so you, the first album was very intentionally like like we're gonna write hits right and then after that, it's like we're gonna write how. Fuck! I wish I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I it, it, like t- very tangentially. I was watch- watching um, uh, uh, Anthony Fantano interview Andrew Callahan from Channel Five News, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Andrew Callahan was like, "If I wanted to go viral, I could do that in a second. And I'm like, "Fuck you, man." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, so they wanted to write hits on uh, the first this first album because it was like a, a whole thing. We're gonna just yep. write write a record of hits, and then then they were like, "Okay, well, that's." not who we are so we're gonna write stuff that we like fuck the fans and maybe they i mean maybe there is the sense of like maturity maybe they got tired of this like contrarian attitude because that does lean itself to contrarian shit yeah but did they did they like did they for do they say fuck the first album still to this day no and that's the thing is they on every single one of those tours they played the hits from that but even and so what's odd to me about it and I think every album they put out is good. I think they're, that third album, it has parts that are really difficult to listen to. But there are songs on there where I'm like, this could be an Animal Collective song. The only reason people aren't giving it a chance is because it's like, well, it doesn't sound like Time to Pretend, or it right. doesn't sound I like hate, Kids. I hate that shit. But it, those people, if you listen to that first album, uh, the second half of that album is almost a psychedelic record like they were about to be on the second album. So I, I've always found it weird and never understood. And it's similar. I'm sure we're going to talk about this later with arcade fire of like people really didn't like their last record. And I just don't get it because it's just like, this sounds like arcade fire. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the case until reading some people's comments on this newest album being like, Oh, we're back to, to, to back form. to a good album. Fuck that. It's like the last album was exactly the same shit they've been doing the whole time that it's... everybody thought was good. Yeah, and guess what? Some of their most popular songs on streaming services right, are, are from, from that album. Yeah. So it's just like <clears throat> like if there are five hits on an album and you don't like the other five songs, how can you say that's a dog shit album? Well, I don't even think it's that. I think it's just the Arcade Fire fans are very much people who are like, "Well, I was a fan on their first album like i've been listening to them forever like hipster kind of fandom, hipster mentality which thing. is is obviously not gonna play well with like oh i can't like the new album it's not good yeah so i with mgmt i've never understood it but like 
that like i could never i mean i don't like it when bands like very are like yeah we're writing like muse does this where like it's very clear muse is trying to be a stadium pop band at this point but they'll always put one or two like old muse songs on where it's like riffs heavy driving riffs i'm like why are you doing that like just write the pop songs like i'm fine with it makes me think of weezer too that they've just been trying living in the shadow of the blue album and pinkerton yeah but what's interesting is that like is that like so i mean you think about what what makes someone popular and does that define the band the artist does that define like like it it defines us as fans more than it defines them so when you when you take an example like like muse right people there's uh, people that i know who love muse love muse because of like the riffs and the vocals and the catchiness right mm-hmm. so they're but maybe they like the catchiness part and the technological cuz like what what's the what's the lead guy's name Matt uh, bellamy yeah so he he's all into like technology right music technology yep and so, like, it would make sense that he wants to lean more into that direction. I don't know about the rest of the band. But, like, maybe him personally, this just makes more sense that he wants to go that way. And maybe he's tired of playing the same old shit, which is kind of the thing that, like, like you get to understand more about, the like, the artists who, like, you know, do say fuck this old thing. It's like, I've been doing this forever. Now, I'm still – that's still a part of me. So, like, with Weezer, you know, they might still, like, latch on to that because that still is a part of them. So they might still, like, have little bits of that on their album but like they want to like you know do new stuff or maybe they feel like because the fans like the old stuff so much they have to do something like the old stuff to appease the fans well and i seem to remember them saying louise specifically on their one of their last albums where they were like this is like really close to the blue album like we finally got back to it <laughs> so like, like they're they're trying to do that though yeah actively trying to do that and so here's my other example uh and this is more to the point of what we're talking about is obviously Radiohead. Radio has Radiohead has denounced Creep and almost entirely denounced their first album. Um, I can't think of any songs that they play from that other than, nope, nothing. Uh, occasionally they'll play Creep. But with that, I mean, they have been pretty vocal about like, yeah, we don't like Creep. We don't want to play that song. They played it on their 2016 tour once in Paris and like every, the internet freaked out about it. Um, it almost seems like Tom York is intentionally trying to ruin that song when he did that like eight minute <laughs> remix of it. Where he just slowed it down half. He did an interview recently on Jason Bateman's podcast. Um, where uh, speaking of Bates, where uh, JB he I did, said I didn't know that he had a podcast, but that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. him, Will Arnett, and there's a third guy. Okay, that's kind of great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it sucks for that third guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he is an actor. I looked him up. I was like, I know that guy. But yeah, you name. Don't, you don't know him that well, though. Absolutely not. Um, but so it was Johnny Greenwood and Tom York. And Tom York said like, oh, yeah, I had a friend who was doing a fashion show and asked like, hey, do you I want to use Creep for my walk? But like, it's so short. Do you have a longer version? And Tom York was like, no, I don't. He said, <laughs> well, can you do anything about it? And he said, I basically just got the stems and just like. He, I asked him how long he wanted it, and he said, like, I don't know, 10 minutes? And so I elongated it for, like, nine minutes. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. That's, like, everybody said, we like, it sounds like he just did this. There's, like, no effort in it. That's exactly what happened. Well, the funny thing is, like, when I saw that, I listened to it and gave it a good, honest listen. Like, not the full way through before I realized what was going on, but yep. I was like, this is just, like, a super weird version of Creep. And then I'm like, no, let's just slow down. Yeah, that's all it is. Because Radiohead, it's like not out of the realm of possibility for them to do something like that. And you think that, like, oh, there's going to be a synth that comes in. You think there's going to be some strings or something. It's like, nope. 
Nope. Yeah. But they've disowned this album. And yeah. they've disowned Creep particularly. And before we talk about, like, man, what would it be like to do that? The reasoning behind that is, you know, when that song came out, that catapulted them to fame. And there are stories they would play shows and they were, they're like, they knew how big that song was. And they're like, we just want to play it to kind of get it like out. Of, and so people will focus on the set and stop yelling creep. So they would play it in the middle of their set and a majority of the crowd would leave after that. So understandably, they have this kind of bad relationship with the song of like, man, is that all we are? That sucks. And luckily they've come out uh, on top of it and they, they don't need to play creep. But I mean, that sorry to sidetrack for a second, but that happens all the time. There's this great footage of Kings of Leon playing at a huge festival in Europe where the crowd is dead until they play Sex is on Fire or Sex on Fire, whatever it is. Yeah. And you can see Caleb follow the lead singer when, when the crowd starts screaming and cheering. He's like, oh, I fucking hate this. That's how uh, I think Gautier was. Like yeah. He would play um, somebody, somebody that I used to know. Yeah, in the middle of his set, and people would just walk <clears throat> off. Yeah, I totally understand that. But th- that speaks to how shitty festival culture has become, where it's not really about the music, but also like it's tough to be to have one hit. Yeah, so Cre- Creep is still, no matter the legacy of Radiohead, Creep is still by are their biggest song on all streaming i was gonna say it's it's also the only like radiohead song that i can think of offhand that's been in like movie trailers and movies and tv and stuff anyway like offhand, it's always there's the been one. a lot of radiohead no, stuff. No, yeah, in, yeah. yeah i mean i could tell you a lot there, but, uh. there's been a lot of radiohead stuff in a couple like specific shows too that tend to use it a lot right like yeah Westworld. jason bateman's ozark ozark maybe does it <laughs> yep yeah uh, I was thinking of Westworld does, for example, and like, yeah, no surprise. There's all these like you know trailers or anything. We'll just use creep though, so it's it's weird because they have to not you know totally disown it in that they still license it. Yep, they're not going to not do that. It'd be but, stupid to do that, right? But they're they're also like we don't want to play that live. But you disown it as but you disown it yeah you disown it as an artist, not as a right. business. Yeah. So you disown it in the sense of like I don't want to play this song anymore, so I'm not going to play this song but anymore. But that does kind of work against them though when they go to play it somewhere in an audience, which well, doesn't happen anymore quite as much. Yeah. But like in this example of people just leaving afterwards, it's like well you're making it more popular at the same time. At this point, it doesn't work against them because it's like it's Radiohead. But yeah, like now, if, but yeah. if but 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 if you if you were to like let's say you know like let's let let's let's go back in the way way back machine to when this was happening like that does work against them if they put if they put it in a bunch of movies when they were disowning the song but at the same time it also works towards them because people are going to go see them play and then they have to listen to their whole fucking set haha idiot like (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it it, i i i i'm i'm personally like i think it's annoying that people like leave like when they hear the song they want to hear but at the same time like i mean you know we talked about this before but like especially back when like creep was out people were buying albums based on one song based on the single and so they got what they wanted especially in a live setting where they were like oh cool i heard creep i'm done now that's that's all they wanted and so when you put when you put the 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 single in the middle of the set it's like okay people are gonna dip i mean it's it sucks but i mean it's just kind of the 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 listener perspective i I think it's also okay though because it can work in the favor of the diehard fans of a band like Mm -hmm. that because you go to the concert, they play Creep first, for example, and then everybody who's not a fan, they get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I saw Incubus Go live, they're fucking smoothies. Yeah, <laughs> when they when they played when Incubus played Drive, like their biggest song, there was like all kinds of people on shoulders now taking videos, and I was like, I'm so fucking glad these people were doing this the whole time. Yep, I get that. Um, I just like it's it's an odd thing to uh, disown a song, and Radiohead is one of those examples where everyone is like yeah fine that's okay but like 
there there's got to be examples no, of I, people i don't think i think it's always okay but what i think is interesting is that like there are examples of stuff where it's like i've grown past that and it's like okay there's a bit of like maturity in that but there's also a bit of like ego in that where you're like i'm past my old work now okay grow the fuck up like what <laughs> like yeah. what but then yeah. there's the examples of people who have like who have lost someone or a relationship ended poorly with a band well uh dave Grohl, the dave Grohl and marigold situation yeah. so that that one's one where that was the one song he sang on that nirvana record and when foo fighters started it was all, like a b-side too yeah all the fans were screaming marigold marigold because dave like Grohl's the... front and center yeah and it's like he's not he's it's, it's a new band it's a new band he said that in those like press in those press interviews he was like this is a new band. It's completely I'm, unrelated. I'm not playing that song. Yeah. Uh, so like that's a that's a scenario where it's like you're. It's not even necessarily disowning it. It's just like I can't and I won't and it's a new yeah. thing. I'm definitely totally okay with that. Like there's there's plenty of like. So I saw um, Noel Gallagher play one time, and if he had not played any Oasis songs, I would have been fine with that. But I know that there's plenty of people there who are like, yeah, yeah no, I'm here to hear Don't Look Back in Anger and Wonderwall. Well, oh, and I, I can mean, understand that because he wrote the songs, yeah. but Liam always sang them. Yeah, but if he wants to perform them, then that's you know great for him. Like Jack White's kind of like that. He'll play songs from other bands that he's in on his solo tour, and it doesn't feel you know forced or anything. But if he yeah. chose not to do that, I don't think anybody would fault him either. It'd be, yeah. Does, does he have to play Seven Nation Army on his solo oh, tour? Every time. Every but night. I, I kind of think he enjoys that. Well, yeah, it's one of the biggest songs in that's the world. That's his last yeah. song every night. Yeah. yeah, but that's fine. I, I think he enjoys it, though. It's the opposite of what we're talking about. Well, yeah. cause he, I, I, he has embraced that as, like, this is my song. Right. I also find that, like, when, when you play a song enough times, it doesn't – you kind of forget about what the song means to you. If it's just a song like Seven Nation Army, you just go, oh, I'm just playing this song, and it's fun. Like, yeah. I've played the song Superstition by Stevie Wonder probably close to 500 times on gigs. And I still love playing that song. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, and that's and that's such a like I, with Jack White and with that situation too. It just kind of sounds like I like playing music and I like playing this song. Whereas, like, uh, like with some with some of some of these examples, like there's there's an example I found from uh, of, of like a virgin. Uh, Madonna will not play like a virgin live. She said in an interview, she said uh, she would she would play she would pay it, play it for maybe somebody if somebody paid her like thirty million dollars or something. You hear that, Saudi Arabia? Thirty million dollars—that's the going rate. So, uh, like, like she she was tired of playing those songs. She was it was it was like a virgin in holiday. She was done with those, and she didn't want to do it anymore. And so she stopped. And so she was like, "I'll do it if someone pays me a lot of money." That's it. It's similar, but not necessarily disowning the song. As Prince uh, said uh, on New Year's Eve of nineteen ninety nine, so going into. Uh, uh, 2000. He said, "This is the last time I'm playing 1999. The party <laughs> like it's 1999." Yeah, yeah. He said, "This is the last time I'm playing it." And people, and he said, like in the lead up to that performance, he said in interviews, "Yeah, that, that's gonna be the last time." And people were like, "Really? That's one of your hits? Like you're you're never gonna play?" And he said, "Yeah, like the song means nothing after this. Yeah, like we're done." We're not playing that song. Although now, if he were still alive, I feel like he might start playing again because he would be uh, wishing it were still yeah, 1999. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, have you guys heard that that Prince Fred Armisen story? No. no. This is the, so Prince was uh, pl was playing SNL and they they all went to the after party and then Prince had an after after party at some club and of course Fred Armisen walked in and there's like this giant bowl of mac and cheese like at this like buffet table and then he sees Prince like in this like back corner 
like uh like roped off just by himself just by prince's <laughs> self just by himself in the corner and he has a bowl of mac and cheese and fred armison walks up and is like hey uh, prince i just i just want to tell you like i think you're great you're a huge inspiration to me like i think you're great and prince goes you know what i think's great mac and cheese <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah Do- <laughs> doesn't uh paramore have one of these songs that they disowned misery, misery business. business yeah why is that uh it didn't it didn't promote um it's it, girls against girls yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there was yeah. some slut shaming in it yeah there definitely is yeah. yeah so she she Haley williams is like we're never playing the song again that's and fine reasons like that i think are also like really really great until like, billy eilish asked her to perform a coachella yeah which then of course we'll do it yeah because i mean yeah i mean because it's the same thing with a like, creep it's like with, with with like they're gonna do it again at some point yeah but and, like moral like for moral re- yes, your moral yeah. compass is a little off if you're like this doesn't promote feminism and then it's like billy eilish wants to do it though okay i yeah. will retract my statement i guess there is an aspect though of like it's it's taking ownership of it a little bit maybe in this case I mean, maybe I like, think I think I think that you you can you can say I'm not going to play this anymore or you can say like I'm going to continue to play this and maybe change the lyrics or like at least own the fact that I fucking wrote this song. I wrote these lyrics and she was young. She's super duper young. So like like it, like there has to be some kind of give and take there. Her playing it again does have the weird moral compass thing. But I mean, it's been years. So there's... I also haven't researched if she talked about why, why she chose to do that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I imagine Billy asked her to. And maybe Billy sung sung the lyric that she didn't like. Uh, did they do the whole song? They did the whole song. Wow. They traded verses. Uh, Haley Williams did the first verse, uh, and then Billy Eilish did the second verse. Um, Coheed has a similar thing where their most famous album with Welcome Home on it, uh, the whole story behind that album is that Claudio, the singer, was going through a breakup with his now wife, so they're back together. Um, and a lot of the lyrics on so wrote and record that album during the breakup they got back together during the mastering phase of it so they're sitting there listening to the, the songs and like apparently people would be in the back of the room and be like does she know this is about oh. her and there's some pretty aggressive lyrics in it like there's a, like if i had my uh way i'd slam your face in the door or something like that like some like really aggressive shit and um Coheed now, I mean, they'll still play these songs for a while. They wouldn't play anything but Welcome Home. And then they did one of those tours where they played that album all the way through. And now they've put some of that in the rotation, which I'm really happy about. But uh, Claudio, like, if you don't pay attention, you won't notice it. But when they play these songs live, he won't say some of the cuss words or he'll he'll back away from the mic during some of the really aggressive parts and just won't sing the lyric. And, like, most people don't notice because if you've ever been to a Coheed show, the whole fan base is yelling the lyrics, so p- people don't notice. And they think, oh, he's doing that so he can sing. He's like, I don't think he wants to sing that. His child is right, right there. Right, like, he's uncomfortable with it. Yeah, he's like, or, I know this is what we're known for, but no. Maybe, maybe that was hours and hours of back and forth and discussion with his partner. Mm-hmm. Of, like, you can play those songs, but don't sing this lyric, don't sing this lyric. Yeah, yeah. So they they didn't disown it, but like changing lyrics that that's, yeah. that's fine. Uh, uh, Absolutely, Lord feels that way about Royals. She uh, she thinks it sounds like a 2006 uh, Nokia ringtone. Well, <laughs> it probably was. Um, she she thinks it sounds like that. She said she prefers to listen to cover versions, uh, and yeah, she said none of the melodies are cool or, are cool or good. Did you all see the? Uh, 
I, I meant to uh, mention this uh, during the news, uh, but we got so bogged down with all the news we had. Um, have you, <laughs> did you all see this controversy uh, that was going around of all the videos of uh, Lord shushing people at shows? Yeah. No. yeah. yeah. It's so funny. It, uh, it's it's funny in a bad way. It, it, so what happened is, is during the tour for, I think it was for Melodrama, um, she when she would play the i don't know what the song's called but the one rider in the die that one <laughs> did i do it right uh, yeah you nailed it um during that song she would step away from the mic and sing it into the crowd like away from the mic and people would be yelling it back to her but she would shush them because she's like no shut up i want you guys to hear me and there's all these videos every night she would shush the crowd that's so funny. There's, there's a couple that where it sounds really bad too, so it's even worse because yeah. it's they like sh- she shushes you for me to fuck it up. And she responded. She said like, "Hey, so I woke up and I saw that I'm uh, trending. I don't know what I did, uh, but then she explained. She's like, "Yeah, I was trying something new as a performer. You try new things. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't." Uh, I wasn't mad at people for talking. It was more of like, hey, if I'm going to step away from the mic, I need people to be quiet so you can hear me. That's so funny. I understand that. It was a mixture of people being like, oh, wow, fuck her. She's sniffing her own farts to shush the crowd. They paid to be there. And then it was also people be like, yeah, but the crowd wasn't singing good. So, like, let her do it. Neither was she, though, in the video that I saw. Yeah, the the, the one that I saw, at least, was like that, yeah. Where it's like, you shushed everybody for that? Like... Uh, my most embarrassing moment on stage was playing a duo gig and I shushed these people in a table in front of me while I was playing upright <clears throat> upright bass and I went to take a solo and they were talking and I went shh and then I played the worst fucking solo ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was in front of like a small restaurant of people and I still it still haunts me to this day. I can't imagine that seeing a video with like 30,000 people and you shush them and then sound like dog do. Yeah. That's <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, do you guys think you could ever get to a point where you like disown a song and you're like I'm not playing this? I thought about this a lot today because I, 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 I just I, – I really have this, like, grow-up mentality for a lot of these things. Like, if you don't want to play a song anymore because you don't like it, I don't know. Like, figure it out. Get over yourself. Go talk to someone about it. Like, like, like you know, if you don't like a song that much, I feel like there's got to be something, like, you can do to, to work it out and continue to play it because it's part of the – part of the gig now if you're if you're like a you know powerful pop artist you can do whatever you want you know no one can actually say anything about it but when you have the when you have the ones where like i like there's relationships involved that's that's the ones that i understand a lot more where you have like you know okay well this is this has been something that i wrote with someone i care about and that person's no longer in my life for whatever reason whether like a friendship or like like fell apart or uh the person is no longer with us whether that would you know whatever that is i could imagine that would be impossible to move past yeah. Yeah. Same. That, that that would be the only time that I could disown a song. I feel like uh, like and fans and people would start to understand that. Like you know, uh, Ben Folds has that one song, Brick, mm-hmm. which is like one of his biggest songs, if not his biggest song. And that song is about like him and a high school girlfriend getting an abortion and how much that like was a heavy situation for him. He does not play that song live anymore. Yeah. And nobody questions it nobody is like man play fucking brick asshole it's like uh no i think he's decided like hey look i've come out and said what this song is about and i'm just kind of like it's out there you can listen to it but like not at my shows yeah because there's like because i mean like there's also like you know reading about smells like teen spirit kurt cobain didn't want to play that anymore just because it was everywhere and he got really annoyed by it and it's like you know i get that because and and i couldn't fully understand it because i've never been in that scenario so i can't really put myself in his shoes and try to feel how he felt 
but I it's really hard for me to not just get over this like dude just play the song like yeah like, like stop being such three a contrarian yeah, yeah like it's and, it, and it's and like it's it, it's got to be fun to play like there's no way like it's got to be fun killer song yeah but, like, when they were on top of the pops and he sang it down an octave, yeah, I think that was because they wanted to perform live and they wouldn't let them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people use that as an example of Kurt hating Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's like, yeah, you got that story wrong. Well, yeah. he said he said he didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah. He said that he wished he could just throw his guitar off stage every time that he's playing that song. Boo-hoo, man. There, yeah. There's I mean, an that's... aspect of, like, grow up and then also, like, just, just understand that this is why people are into your music and that's fine. It doesn't have to be a thing of, like, never play it. Maybe you don't play it every show. Or, or like, yeah, I mean, just I, I think I think that actually would be a great thing to if someone doesn't want to play a song anymore because it is it's, it's just like overplayed and they're tired of it. That'd be a great thing to say to them. It's like, hey, people like you yeah. and they like this. And guess so, what? They well, paid. Like, this yeah, is, this is how they get into liking your other songs. Yeah. So if you just say, ah, oh, fuck that song, and anybody who wants to listen to it is is bad or whatever, that's not gonna win anybody over. Yeah. So. Just play that song last. That way you can like have a good set and then just be like, all right, this is the like. This is for you. Yeah. Do the, not for, for me. For all we know, that, that's what Jack White does. Yeah, exactly. The Jack White thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect. Even if he doesn't hate it, that's the no, perfect no, thing mean, to do. Yeah, exactly. Theoretically, yeah. he could hate it for all we know, and we'd never have any idea because he's playing that song, and then he's fucking leaving. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a, there's plenty of bands like this. Like Radiohead, I think they have so many songs that fans want to hear that when you go to a Radiohead show and they don't play maybe one song that you really like to hear, whether it's Paranoid Android or Nude or whatever it is, you don't come out like fuck. They didn't play that. It's like damn, they played all these songs. I forgot yeah. how many songs. Wilco yeah. is the same way, where they have. Uh, I think their biggest song is Jesus, etc. And it's a fifty-fifty shot whether they play that each night. But they have so many songs. It's, they have such a big catalog uh, that it's just like at the end of the night, I'm not upset by it because I'm just like damn, they covered so much ground in that set. And like. It at the Jeff Tweedy show I went to, Jeff Tweedy said like, "Oh yeah, we have this like, uh, we have this thing on uh, our website wilco.com. We can like every night you can request songs. So like we look at that and we kind of just think about it. Like it doesn't shape the set list, but like we do think about it a bit. And he said, you know, every song I've ever written, every night at least gets one vote. So I never know like oh uh, what to play that kind of thing. And then." He said he used to make the joke on stage uh, that he'd be like, all right, so if I played the song you voted for, leave, and I'm going to keep playing until everyone's gone. That way I know I've done it. And I think that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like for, for One by One, Foo Fighters album, Dave Grohl said that there's only four songs in there that are good. Everything else is trash. He'll never play them. He'll never play them again. What? That yeah. sucks to hear as a... Uh, a fan though right this sucks to hear it sucks to hear as a fan but at the same time that doesn't affect how i listen to it it's just like i i listen to that album and i'm like you're an idiot you wrote a good album yeah. but so, some people yeah some people totally like might, a kid yeah. like a, a middle schooler or a high schooler who's impressionable about this stuff yeah, is like oh yeah well dave Grohl says this shit is like no did you like it yeah, yeah. exactly yeah okay. yeah there, there is an aspect though of i understand that to a degree because it's like and theoretically if as a musician or any artist you're supposed to be doing your best work in theory, is yeah. what you're hoping to do with your new work, right? You want your newest album to be your like best We're stuff, or your, your most best. favorite stuff, or whatever. And I can understand going like, "Oh, these early albums, I don't, I don't think they're very good." Yeah, but it's weird to make it so public. Yeah, I don't time. think you should ever publicly 
disown yeah. like that. I think I think I think I think that it's okay in the ter- in the sense like that one's weird but like in the Haley Williams thing with 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 misery business that's okay and then with like Pinkerton going back to Weezer they've said uh, Rivers Cuomo said the most painful thing in my life these days is the cult around Pinkerton he <laughs> said it's just a sick album sick in a disease sort of way because like those like the ly- lyrical content a lot of those songs is not good it's oh, yeah. horrible I it's know. like and like I couldn't imagine him looking back on it and being like oh my god people like this people I, love it yeah that's yeah. the people that people go back and say that's like the their best album and i can't imagine from his perspective like well that the no don't like this this is bad yeah there's <laughs> like there's like uh, really questionable oh yeah like i can't listen really? to that record anymore because of that like realizing what i'm singing along to i'm like oh this is homophobic <laughs> yeah there's, yeah there's homophobic stuff and there was a trend on tiktok uh like a year ago where uh specifically asian women would rate uh, songs off Pinkerton. They would listen to it and they're like, all right, I'm going to give this uh, a one out of 10 uh, on how racist this is to me as an Asian woman. And it was just like, holy shit. Yeah. I can't listen to this album ever again. So like, so like him, him saying that, I don't know if they ever play songs off Pinkerton, but like him saying that about the album is like, a, that's a good thing to hear as a listener because it's like, oh. it's important to know. It's yeah. like, that's like, especially like you said, if you're, if you're singing along to this album that you've heard for years and then suddenly something clicks and you realize, holy shit. Yeah. No, like the, not good. There was a, there's a, um, God, who's Mark Knopfler is in what band? Dire Straits. Uh, he they had a song where he has a, a, a homophobic slur in it, and they in Canada took it off the radio completely. And in that setting, I was I was thinking like, what what if we gave him a chance to just re-record that one lyric? Yeah, yeah. not to not yeah. to wipe it from history. Like yeah, he has yeah. to own up to it, and it's that's a part of their their discography as a band. But like, give people a chance to because that song is from 1981 or some shit like that. It's 2022. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think that there's an issue with letting people have the chance to grow as long as they admit, like, hey, right. that was a mistake. Uh, you know, yeah, it was a different time. That's not an excuse, but like, hey, I would like to rectify this. I've grown and from, apologize since then. to my fans and non-fans alike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's super like those those kind of things. I think make a lot of sense for artists to be like, I'm going to step away from this, or I'm going to change it, or you know, whatever. But uh, t- talking about the Fleet Foxes, you're talking about them earlier. So they they said that uh, for the 2008 and the 2011 album, the self titled and Helplessness Blues, he said yeah. the new material is just a different vibe. He said, please trust my time fortified discernment as I endeavor to scrub the sound field of BS and empty sonic reference. Yep. Uh, uh, do you want to know? Was there more to that? Uh, he he just he just said that he he ha- he felt guilt and imposter syndrome at the band's success from the out from those two albums, which sounds like he does not like and respects. So uh, he's gone into further detail about this. Robin Pecknold, uh, he you know I'm not a huge fan of Fleet Foxes, but I respect the shit out of what he did here. He basically said like what Hagen just said right there, but then he also said. You know, when he started that, there really wasn't a folk scene like in the indie crowd that like Fleet Fox was coming up and then it got massive. And then if you look at the trajectory, then you start getting these people like uh, the Avid Brothers and then you start getting Mumford and Sons and you start getting all these people. And he was just like, holy shit, this is really bad. Like I (laughs) and he has said that he's like, I listened to like folk music that was happening on the radio and I felt responsible for that. And he stepped away. He, like, did a hiatus for, like, Dude. a long time. And I was like, damn, mad respect. Fuck you for creating Mumford & Sons. But 
mad respect. That's, but that's also thank you because I like Mumford and Sons a yeah, lot, yeah, and me I'm too. I'm really okay with the Avid Brothers. That's uh that's Mashuga with Gent. Mashuga like has has very yep. has very openly been like we did not want to make this genre like we yep. wrote music and then it like became this thing that is not our intention in the slightest but like still every gent boy is like mushuk is the best fucking band alive <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're at the top of the mountain and they're like we don't want to be here yeah yeah there yeah. shouldn't be a mountain yeah and then they released a new album recently and like like it's it's such a weird thing because like i think that all of like the like diehard fans are like I think they released an okay album on purpose. Like, I think that they just kind of put out an album to kind of like make a point and like all of the like, kind of like just like gent diehards are like this album fucking rips, dude. <laughs> we don't have to play in odd times. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. I don't believe bands do that. I don't believe bands. No, put I don't out that. Like, I think there are contractual albums that go like, Hey, this oh, has yeah. to come out yeah. quick, but I don't think like people said that about green days. Most recent album is just like, no, I don't think that they put out a, like a mediocre album on yeah. purpose. I think that that's what they that did. Band too. Cause well, they're, they're like, we got our new album. And it's like, Oh, did you make this bad on purpose? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to a point earlier too, about like fans who were like, Oh, I just want to hear the old songs. That's their best album. Like how much does that suck too? If you're a band who's done like 15 albums or something and you're and like only known for your first or second album, it's like, cool. Just ignore the last 25 years of my output and that does feed into the ego of a musician who's trying to grow because it's like all they hear is their old shit and so of course they want to disown that kind of thing because it's like they want to be known for what they're working on uh so it is hard to to do the what what i've been saying the quote-unquote growing up thing from that but you know I, i i mean i couldn't imagine like what it must be like to have like a like a discography like like david bowie for example i can't remember what album it was but there's an album that he's like no no thank you i never want to think about that album ever again right and uh like having that much of a discography and imagine that there's fucking hits on that album and people are like i want to hear that he's like i I have so many years of music guys go check any of it out (laughs) i mean wasn't pantera a hair metal band when they started yeah i don't think they disowned that record well that's not true they buried it they just didn't they didn't talk about it right that's one way to do that too and is the opposite way of radiohead and not talking about creep is just just don't ever mention it they and well and they got big off of something else yeah and their first album like their first album is out of print and i don't mean like oh you can't find it on vinyl like you cannot buy it anywhere yeah you cannot buy it on their website you can't find it anywhere like they basically they buried it and i would that i mean they did that's a way of disowning it but they never made light of it it was just like hey if you have it cool but like yeah that's not us yeah yeah well it's like i mean it's 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 like uh i hear this a lot in the local scene when a lineup changes in a local scene and the sound changes like should we change our band name like no yeah it doesn't matter yeah yeah yes and no both it doesn't matter you're nobody knows who you are in the first place exactly yeah (laughs) you can find some like solo shit on monikers like band camp of like it was me before i even considered playing with people it's there i'm not putting it on streaming or anything we should play some of those songs I'd be happy to. I'd be happy to reinvent them. Yeah. But like, yeah, like I didn't change the band name. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It. I don't care. Well, I mean, and, and if you do, that's totally fine. But like, if you, it's like, well, if you think that's going to make you successful tomorrow, it doesn't change shit. Yeah. Well, and also, you, especially when you end up going like, oh, we're, we're this band, but like formally known as this band. Yeah. That, yeah. Doesn't, that like, never helps yeah. anyone. Man, Alex G did that. Uh, you guys know that band, Alex G? Uh-uh. So Alex G is like indie, like, bedroom indie type shit and like came out as alex g and then changed their name to sandy 
and played like the the flyers that would go up would be like sandy formerly known as alex g and then they changed their name to alex g parentheses sandy and now they're back to Alex Geo. So like, God damn it. And they make amazing music. Well, and the interesting thing is like sometimes people do that because they want to like represent like a different like uh, like they want to be the same thing while also yeah. representing something different for an album. I was just thinking, I was like, man, I'm giving shit to these bands and I I was a part of this band name change because Samus David Jr. was originally called Lone Wolf Club and before that it was called Andy Marine. So it's we've we've gone through three different band names and we're the same fucking lineup and playing the <laughs> same fucking songs. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, but it, it is weird if you're like a known quantity and your name is on a poster and you have to put the old name. It's like maybe you shouldn't have changed the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's, if you're a if you're a band starting out, it's it's definitely okay to change your name then while you figure out what you're doing. Yeah, I I, I think I think that it's okay to do it either way. I just think that it's like it's a weird like if you're not truly feeling like you're creating different art or you're like you know kind of conveying something different with it, it's like you're doing this maybe because you just don't like the old name, right. which is I guess nothing nothing's wrong with that yeah. either. But it's like if you have especially as like a known quantity, if you're like this is a known name, why change? Yeah. Like you know, I thought you guys were called Motorcycle Cop. Uh, no, that was a different band. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I'm not going to change the name and never thought about it because I was just like, well, fuck it. I mean, it's all the same music. And then, like, it, I have this idea of, like, oh, what if somebody finds some of that old music? It's like, oh, fucking, this is sick as shit. I'm like, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm awesome. totally happy for that. So if you moved, hypothetically, if you moved to, like, a different state. Well, let's just say New York. If you moved to New York. <laughs> let's say that. I'm Look, not going. And, and, I know Dave's not going. I, I bet you Hagen's not going. you lived in Bohemia. Uh, yeah, oh, if you shit. lived in Bohemia <laughs> and you started a new trio, would you still call it Moniker? Uh, it depends, but probably not. That's right. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. It depends, but probably not. Yeah. I don't even think I'd play the song still. I think right. it would just be like, oh, yeah, no, I, I guess I got to move on. Yeah, but that's not, but in, in that scenario, that wouldn't be like disowning. That would just be like th- that's the relationship thing. I'm, well, I was that's just how that's bands like, work. Yeah, at some point, it's so. like it's like it's like um, I, when I was thinking about this earlier today, I was thinking about like I have like found I have incredible relationships with people that I play music with, um, and like I have two musical partners in my life. One is Dave, and the other one is Alzina, who's been on the podcast before. And uh, I like would never play the songs that I wrote with Alzina with anybody else. Like right. I would that that would never ever happen i don't want it to happen like that is a relationship that we have set in stone and i don't want that to ever change um so it's like when you include a relationship into writing music and playing music it becomes a very very different thing i couldn't imagine showing up to a band rehearsal and starting to play moniker songs with complete stranger (laughs) (laughs) you'd look back on stage and go oh this is weird i would be really like put off like if i was uh, recording with one of your bandmates or like just with one of your bandmates spencer and he started playing infamous stuff with me i'd be like yeah stop yeah <laughs> yeah wrong person dude well like i mean like uh uh, uh a friend of, of the singer from kites and boomerangs will just joined another band that i'm in and the guitar player for that band knows kites and boomerang songs so was playing them on guitar and i was like this is hilarious and really weird i'm so afraid they're gonna be like let's play a kites and boomerang song yeah <laughs> you, you don't want to do a cover <laughs> yeah cover of my own song yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i think i think that my my biggest thing is that like i i want to get over this whole like grow up idea um but i think that if you truly feel like that song isn't you anymore then you know just don't make a big fucking deal about it yeah like, that's it yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're making a big deal about it you're just trying to seem cool about it 
I just, I feel like it, going back to the, like, Dave Grohl saying, like, this song sucks, or these Seven songs, songs on an album. It, <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, that feels Which like... also most of the album? I feel so yeah, he shitty. Said, he, said only, he said only three or four songs are good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Pepper, go to your bed. Yeah. Hagen's dog <laughs> is trying to break into the room. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on how big your audience is. I think that's what it can. The, the bigger your audience, the more you have to just grow the fuck up and play them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I well, think and be careful with saying things that might upset fans or yeah, your own bandmates even. Yeah, maybe. I mean, whenever like uh, whenever like there's a song that like I hate to play with any group, I, I will only say it if I'm in a specific mood or like if I'm in like a trusting environment. But like there are right. songs that I'm like I don't want to play that song. I just don't. Or an arrangement of a song. I don't want to play it this way. But it's like it's the job. In some in some cases yeah. it is like an actual job, right? So in some cases we're being hired to do that thing, but like in some cases it's original music that I just don't want to play that song. I think it's yeah. not good. Yeah. Yep. Anything else, guys? No. No. We can talk about what we're listening to. I'll go first. <laughs> he he's so excited. I'm super excited. <laughs> so Dawes has a new record called The Misadventures of Doom Scroller. That already came out? No, it's coming out okay. uh in like a month. But the, over the weekend, they released a full playthrough of the new record from from a live studio setting, and just put it on for forty eight hours and let people stream it. I thought you kept like like you were posting this on Instagram. I was like, I watched it. Keep... I watched it like five times. Jesus. Did, <laughs> and and I may or may not have the audio. In I was going to say you recorded a copy <laughs> then at that point. Yeah. Well, no, they had it up for forty eight hours, and I watched it like five times in forty eight hours. <laughs> No. And uh, I was just thinking, super I, excited I would have about it. Totally recorded a copy of that and been like, I'm going to keep this. Right. But it's different for them because uh, there's only seven songs or six or seven songs, and three of them, three or four of them are like nine minutes long. Hmm. They're Jeez. really stretching out. It's it's a completely different thing. That's awesome. That's a cool way to like preview an album too. Well, and that's what they said was like yeah. we wanted people to have a chance to see us play it and see right. how it's going to be live before you dive into the record and go like, well, this is weird. Yeah. Interesting. What are you listening to? Uh, I'm I'm super lame this week. I I really haven't listened to anything new. Um, I, like like I mentioned, I've been watching a lot of like true crime stuff, but also just like documentaries in general. So I watched the Spring Awakening documentary. Um, I I would uh, if you're a fan of Spring Awakening or a fan of Broadway, I would highly suggest watching that documentary. It's really really cool. There's uh, I'll I'll give you the the spoiler story that has been already everywhere in the news. So Jonathan Groff and Leah Michelle were the two leads in Spring Awakening. This is what got them like famous. So the story is that um, uh, <laughs> Jonathan so Jonathan Groff is gay and he's in the closet when he was in Spring Awakening. He had never seen a vagina before, and they were doing sex scenes together. So he asked Leah Michelle straight up. He said, "Can I see your vagina?" And she said, "Sure," and grabbed the desk lamp right there and just sh- shined the desk lamp on her vagina and showed it to Jonathan Groff. God, that's such theater kid energy. <laughs> uh, didn't she say like, "Yeah, he's like a brother to me"? <laughs> well, and, so actually, when actually you when do they that were, with your brother, yeah, I was about actually, to be like, they, so well when they were doing Merry Christmas, get out the lamp. <laughs> When they when they were doing the when they were do, <laughs> when they were doing uh, the show, um, because Jonathan Groff was in the closet, Leah Michelle like fell in love with him and like walked up to him at one point in a party and was like, "Why don't you love me? Like, why aren't why why won't you date me?" And like he had to like slyly kind of like give her a look of like, "I'm not I'm not doing this right." Like, I'm uh, not. I've never seen a vagina. <laughs> 
should have should have been a good clue. Well, and yeah. I, I couldn't imagine because they were having like an intense sex scene every day, if not twice a day. Like 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 very very like it is so the weirdest part about the documentary is the whole point of it is they did a 15 year anniversary of the performance, and when they like were rehearsing for it. they were they got right back into their makeout zone they were like making out like they were fucking like 2019 year olds again it was it was like (laughs) like the new matrix movie had never come out (laughs) (laughs) but i've been listening to spring awakening again because it's a really good musical it's wonderful and sad i'd love to see it I know nothing about the, it. You, you, the documentary is great. Like I, I, I was I'm not going to watch. I was going to suggest. You, I was going to suggest you don't watch it because, <laughs> yeah. like, I thought they were going to do. They they do the, they show the performance, but it's interspersed with a lot of just like yeah. documentary stuff, and it's really wonderful how they do it. But I would suggest you watch the show before yeah. you watch that documentary. If I ever get a chance, I will. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to Arcade Fire's new album. Fuck. <laughs> which uh, I think Jackson expected. Yeah, I have a backup. Yeah. Don't worry. Fuck. I would be listening to the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, I would be curious to see what you think of it. I think for the most part, it's so what I expected, except for the weird uh, Netflix protest song. Yeah, there's so many funny songs on that. Where it's just like so. Like I've been listening to a lot of. I love Arcade Fire. Um, one of their songs is like my hands down favorite song of all time. Every song ever written cannot be better than this song to me. Um, so I love that band really important band to me. Um, and God, like when Butler, like there's a lot of these indie, um, like idols that are, they don't buy into the indie idol thing. Like they just are that to some people, but I've never seen that TV show before. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's how, uh, America, fuck. Uh, that's how vampire weekend got big. (laughs) But like they don't buy into that stuff. They're just like, oh right. yeah, I'm an indie idol, and like like people say that Elliot Page is one of them, and just stuff like that. When Butler has like gone, like he has fully drank the Kool Aid. He's like, oh, yeah. I am the indie god. I think he's been like that for probably since their second album. Honestly, but you can hear it in the lyrics, and it's so yeah. funny. Like they like he'll sing something like really you know like serious, and then just in the background, unsubscribe unsubscribe it's just like what the fuck it's, it's very, so cheesy it's very weird yeah because i think a lot of the album is good but then it's kind of ruined by moments like that there, there's for, some for really me, good least, moments it's, it's an album that i won't listen to as much as their other albums yeah i think it, i think it's a pretty good album i yeah. don't think it goes to the heights of like stuff that they've done before um but i think it's pretty good that that lightning one and two i wasn't I, into I when i first heard it yeah and then like because I, I was like this is just bruce springsteen worship i don't really like bruce springsteen and then like i came around to it and i was like that this is actually really good i have that like a day a month a year thing just yeah. stuck in my head all weekend um but yeah I, I think it's a pretty good record there's some good stuff this stuff about his kid unconditional love where he's like he did an interview where he talked about basically he was like that song is like there's it's it's a two-part song there's one song called unconditional love one and then unconditional love two First one's Win Butler. Second one is his, is his wife, who's also in the band, uh, Regine. And it's both of them talking about their unconditional love for their kids. And it's really sweet to see this, like, oh, here's how Win Butler feels. Here's how his wife feels. And it's really nice. And he was talking about, he's like, yeah, whenever I was a kid, I had a ton of anxiety. I was really, you know, sad. And, like, this is how I dealt with it. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be a kid nowadays and deal with the things that I dealt with. So like this song is to my kid, to my kids, kids talking about just saying like, Hey, look, 
it's okay to be sad. Don't don't give it much mind. It's it's normal. It's fine. And that kind of thing. I was like, this is this is a really sweet song. So I think there's some really good moments in it, but yeah, there's some really yeah. arcade fireisms in there. Yeah, he's he's just really gone a little too far in that aspect of it, which I think is especially clear if you see their performance on SNL. Yeah. Which is an interesting performance. It's their fifth time performing, which is a rare club for musicians at least. Yep. So they got to play over the credits at the end, and they seemed very excited about that, and also fucked it up as a result because <laughs> they were definitely nervous. It was so weird that they had those like wacky waving inflatable tubes. I thought and that I was, was like, pretty great. Like it was weird, like the guitarist was that. just completely like behind it, and I was like, yeah. "Damn, you just see Win Butler." Like, it's <laughs> fucked. That was also very on the nose though about like it's all about him. I love which... that. I want to see that production rehearsal. Like, okay, where, where do you want to set this one? When he's like right there, and it's like, dude, that's right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about what this do you other do one? With the last one? deflate it it's not going anywhere <laughs> i'm still letting it sit in on me or like settle uh i've listened to it maybe three times all the way through and like i think it's just it you can tell that they wrote it separate to everyone else yeah it doesn't like i used to arcade fire was one of the first band and it's because they have so many people in the band i think you can do the same thing with slipknot but like um where i would put on a pair of headphones and i'd be like holy shit i never heard that instrument and every time, like for years, I could listen to Arcade Fire songs and there would be a new instrument. I'm not having that same experience here. It does feel very much like Wynn Butler and his wife were stuck in a studio during the pandemic and wrote it and they sent it to, because everyone in the band lives separately. Like their drummer lives in Australia. A lot of the other people live in Montreal. And it's just like none of them are together except for yeah. the wife and there, husband. There's an aspect where maybe it shouldn't have been an Arcade Fire Maybe, album. yeah. Or... But let it percolate a little bit more i yeah. don't know yeah. jackson uh, i've been listening to arcade fire it's an album called <laughs> we uh if i have to say something new uh i've been listening to uh this uh, it's a japanese artist that i uh people it's been making the rounds and everyone's been really into it like pitchfork anthony fantano called haru nimori and uh it's a really only one record that i'm aware of uh it's a really solid record uh the biggest downfall is it's really fucking long, but there's some like spoken word on it. It's all in Japanese. So you, you, the spoken word kind of falls on you, but like it'll go from like this, like spoken word to like this really cool battles sounding, uh, indie song, like battles the band. Yeah. And then she'll start singing and then gets in, she starts screaming. And I'm not talking about like the kind of like the manicured screaming we're used to and like metal nowadays where it's like, Oh, that person's not hurting their voice it's more of like the kind of like daughters or um lingua ignota where it's like this person is actually screaming into the mic and it's just like yeah that's not good for your voice but like it's pretty powerful when you can tell this person is genuinely screaming so it, it it's really all over the place and really cool there's like some like rap songs on there it's really cool that's cool, cool. yeah very nice anybody got anything else no great Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening today. Um, we really appreciate it. My name it. is Jackson. There it is. You did it. <laughs> is that the beginning of the show? Mm-hmm. Wow. No, this it's, is, it's I like got to wait out traffic, so it's like I can stay the here. Jackson show. Yeah. It's like the movies where like it ends with like the presenting, like this is the movie. It says that at the end, yeah. Jackson will return. And then there's nice. A, I was gonna say then there's an end credit uh, scene somewhere. We right? gotta have two end credit scenes yeah. though. So and then you have to get upset about the last one. <laughs> spoilers bro <laughs> it's a bummer that they're only asking like martin scorsese and people like that what they think about the arc uh, the marvel movies the arcade fire album <laughs> no one ever asked me 
No one ever asked me. Hey, there's a, there's your next TikTok. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Can uh, I record it right now in front of everybody? No. Uh, sure, that, go ahead. No, that's the post-credit scene. Try to talk, o- <laughs> yeah, talk over me while I'm, while I'm doing this outro. Do you want to taco about it? Like, like you want to get tacos after this? Yeah, I'm down. I no. got to kill time. I don't want to get tacos after that's this. Okay. You want to come with me to, to, to Guitar Center and Academy? Why would you? No. <laughs> I got to no. order. I'm going to order some heads and go get some new socks. Which one's which? Casual Monday evening. <laughs> heads and, then, and socks. And then you can come, come with me to rehearsal. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to Redwood. Which oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which uh, which band? Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'll go to Redwood. <laughs> but you got to go to Guitar Center. Do you guys and pay for Redwood every time you rehearse? Ones. I don't. <laughs> Holy shit! Hagen's fucking fucking loaded. <laughs> take, take us out of here. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, if you have thoughts on uh, disowning music, if you as a listener perhaps have disowned music that you have listened to and or made, please email us at fuckthatsong at don'tfeedtheartist.com. If you uh, want to go to New York with me. <laughs> is this the post-credit scene? Fuck. Uh, if you haven't already, please follow or subscribe on whatever app you are using. Um, if you're on social media, you can follow us at DFTA Podcast on Instagram and Don't Feed the Artists on Facebook. Um, maybe one day we'll make a Twitter or a TikTok. Uh, who knows? No. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> I cannot handle the amount of social media I currently have. All right. I cannot do it. Well, that, that, that was settled really fast. Uh, thank you for that, and I appreciate that. You guys are welcome to do it, but I, <laughs> I was going to say, we've registered a Twitter account. We've just never used it. Yeah. Maybe we'll start using it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it, and fuck off. Get me a towel. No. My name is Towel. <laughs>